Hey, hey baby, baby, we hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Yeah, baby. <laughs> baby, I've got you pegged. Yeah, had a wild night. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to We're, We're Not Listening, Listening, a Frasier recap podcast from Molly Shea and me, Nick Francomano. Today on the show, we're recapping the second episode of the 90s sitcom sensation Frasier. And of course, we're going to be sharing, we teased it in the pilot in the first episode, but we're going to be sharing some of our own radio advice to you, the listening public, later on. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I think uh, I'm really looking forward to not helping someone today. Yes, much like Fraser Crane, sitcom psychiatrist to the world, we will completely ignore the problems of our callers and focus completely on our own issues. And that's something that happens in this episode today. And in fact, we see Fraser get a little hissy and pissy in the episode today. Yeah, yeah. I feel like... Uh... I know we're just in the second episode, but I, I'm not not big fan of this next one. I'm not going to lie. I think that this is probably, you know, this is not a high moment in the series. I think they came out of the gate really strong in episode one. This episode, it flags a little. It, you know, it sags a little. It's slow a little. Yeah, I yeah. feel like if someone showed me this episode of Frasier, I wouldn't watch the show. This wouldn't be the one that kept me hooked. No. No. But this episode is called Space Quest. Space Quest. That's a little play on words because really what it's all about is Frasier. I thought it was going to be a fun sci-fi episode, actually, when I saw the title. Yeah, I, I thought they too. were going to do like, you know, on news radio, they did an episode in space. That was fun. But instead, it's a quest for personal space. A quest for personal space, which is really makes Frasier look awful. Honestly, Frasier is the villain of this episode. He's terrible. Yes. He's the worst. In, okay, well, we'll start. We'll recap it. We'll, we'll go into it. Well, we'll, the first thing I, I feel like we haven't mentioned before is that this logo for Frasier will change delightfully almost every episode. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, this episode, I think the elevator goes up into the Sky Needle. Into the Space Needle? The Space oh. Needle. Um, so the first chapter is called Dear God, It Wasn't a Dream. And this is when Fraser awakens to his house already filled with activity. It picks up pretty much right where the pilot has left off. Fraser rolls out of bed. And like me, like many of you, perhaps, Fraser is not a morning person. You can tell that he's he's well, having a, he's getting off to a rough start. Yeah, but I will say as horrible as Fraser looks in these first couple of episodes, Man, he comes out wearing that robe, and he is just covered in hair. He doesn't. Does he wear a robe in the pilot, or is this the first? This is the first, the first robe, robe of Fraser. So, as much as I feel like this episode is slow, you know, we have to give it some important first. This is the episode where we hear about Bulldog in the pilot. This is the episode where we meet the Bulldog. Yes, I. I mean, there are still a lot of firsts that are getting introduced within this episode. But basically, Fraser walks into his living room, and Daphne's already cleaning and talking, and it's really just annoying him uh, to no end. And uh, then, I guess, Martin comes out, and he's making a kind of an extravagant breakfast, like filled with heart-clogging possibilities. Yeah, I appreciate Fraser's concern for his heart health, but I mean, it's worth pointing out, I, and I think what's going on here is that they're saving money for a later episode of the show by having... 
it goes on. I timed it. It goes on for about the first five and a half minutes of the episode. It's all just in Fraser's apartment. The plot doesn't move forward at all. It just we get different versions of this problem. That's going to be the problem of the episode, where it's Fraser feels like he doesn't have any personal space. His life is being you know taken over and intruded upon by all the people around him. And you know, it's five and a half minutes of really unflattering stuff. And it gets to the point where Fraser is totally flying off the handle. He goes into the hallway. His newspaper's not there. He assumes that his neighbor lady has stolen his newspaper. He starts shouting invectives down the hallway. This comes back. I like how this joke comes back. But I, if we had only had this joke, we could have had a lot more plot. We could have had a whole B and C story in this episode. We didn't get anything like that. No, we yeah. didn't. I think the only highlight of this like morning you know, fight was at one point in time, because Frasier is wearing a robe, He, uh, Daphne looks down and she says... Oh, six more weeks of winter, I see. Yeah, that's right. Frazier shows his maid his penis in this morning's episode. And we're supposed to, and this is, you know, we're on thin ice, really. This series has only just gotten started. And we're supposed to just think, oh, this is a this is one of Frazier's little eccentricities. And it goes pretty hard. Or, I mean, not Frazier's. Well, Frazier's yeah, not, not hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't get that. And then. Here's the thing is that this episode winds up going to a very dark place. In the in the end of the episode when they do oh, we, let's not spoil it. We yeah, won't get we'll there. We'll get there when we get there. But, but does that mean that Fraser is uncircumcised? What does what mean that Fraser is not circumcised? If the groundhog's not out of the ground or I think it just it? means that because it's cold his his penis is um retracted shriveled yeah. oh okay all right just making sure that was my understanding of the joke and i uh, sincerely apologize to all of you listening out there at podcast land um so fraser delivers a little monologue and gets really huffy and finally he just decides to go to work and that's when uh he has a call come in and this is well fraser <laughs> fraser goes out of his way to say the show today is about you know setting boundaries it's about you know, getting your space from people who invade your space. And he very pissily reminds his listeners to only call in with questions about that. And then, see, this is where maybe this is not Frazier's fault. This is Roz's fault, honestly. Roz, what we learned in this episode is that Roz is a bad producer because Roz should be screening these calls and only letting the right calls through. But she lets through. Or maybe that there's not enough calls to begin with. Well, you know, she's got to say that to Frazier. I mean, the guy, you know, you can talk to the guy in the booth. You can let oh, him know. right. But anyway, enough, enough of my criticisms about Raz's producing. We get us, you know, we get a caller. The guy is saying, and this is important. In this whole second part of the show, after the first commercial break, we're getting Frazier seeing into sort of the opposite of his problems. So the first person, the guy who calls in, he says, "I'm agoraphobic." He has the exact opposite problem as Frazier in that he needs to be with people. Yeah, and he's, and cut off. he's even com com complaining about, you know, not seeing people. A very common theme of many very people's common mental theme health in the issues pandemic. right Absolutely. Now. Well, it's like, I guess also, it's not just the opposite problem. It's like a visit from the ghost of Christmas future to Frasier. Well, it's like, Frasier, if you continue down this road of isolating yourself, you will wind up like this loon on the radio. And Frasier, of course, is not ready to receive this wisdom. Yeah, in fact, he says... Uh, I guess Leonard says, you know, I haven't seen a person in months. And uh, Fraser says, well, you're not alone in that feeling. 
And Leonard, of course, responds, well, well I, I am, am alone. alone. Yeah. Yes, that's a good chuckle. <laughs> you know, that's a good chuckler. We got a little we got a little knee slapper in this episode. And then do you want to introduce your favorite character who's making an appearance now? Bulldog Briscoe, the gonzo sports hour guy who comes on after Frazier's show. He comes in, and this is what I like, in that we're meant to see Frazier and the bulldog as opposites. But the bulldog comes in, and he does exactly the same thing that Frazier did with his newspaper in the first part of the episode. So we see already the uncanny unity of opposites. That, you the know, yin and the yang. The yin and the yang, exactly. Bulldog and Frazier are two sides of the same coin. Yes, and I feel like this is also like the second intrusion, though, too, because Bulldog's not supposed to be Bulldog's not normally. supposed to be in his studio. Yeah, Frazier thinks he's finally going to get to be alone in a soundproof room and read his book, but no, the bulldog bursts in. Well, Frazier can't catch a break this week because, okay, well, we got to talk about Roz's phone call with her yes. mother before we get to this because we get to see, this is what I mean about the opposites. We get to see that Roz and her mother have exactly the opposite relationship of Frazier and his father. We come, we come in, Roz is on the phone, we don't know it's her mother yet, and she's having a disgustingly graphic phone call about sex don't with her ex-boyfriend. Don't you dare sex shame Roz. Roz is having a very personal, interesting, in-depth conversation. She's calling her mother to say that this ex-boyfriend of hers is a selfish lover with a small penis. Uh, you know, that's the that's what's going on in the call. And then at the end of the call, she says, okay, bye, mom. Got to go. Frazier's here. That's the laugh line on that. <laughs> that's where the people in the audience have their little, you know, sensible chuckle to themselves. You know, Frazier's shocked by this. Yeah, because then it becomes apparent that he does not have any kind of... Uh, Intimacy yeah, with his father. Does, he can't talk about any of his issues with him. And she she's kind of concerned for Frazier too and he's like wait you can't talk to your dad about this kind of stuff and so then uh Frazier does he go home or does he go to the cafe well he tries to go read in the park he tries oh, right. he thinks that he's going to be able to go read his book in the park but then because the show takes place in Seattle it starts raining and right. so he has to go back to his apartment and he goes about this is when him and his father have the big fight He's in the apartment. He's very, being very prissy and getting his little reading nest just the way he wants it to be. Have you ever set up your pillows like that to read a book? No, I've never. I he, thought that was Frazier, quite unusual. Frazier, you just have to watch the episode. I can't even describe. He does some weird stuff in his house. <laughs> but I do like in this part, he's humming along to Carmen because yeah, he's, he's so that happy <laughs> that he has a place to himself and he does the Bugs Bunny lyrics, you know, don't spit on the floor, use a cuspidor. That's what it's for. <laughs> anyway, goes on like that. Martin and Daphne come back. They do, this is a sitcom thing where they come in through the door and you only hear the punchline to Daphne's joke and it's some stupid thing and, I, you know. But you know what? They're both in really good spirits. They're both they in really in. good spirits. Well, this is what I have in my notes in all caps here. Martin is right that Frasier is really in the wrong in this yeah, episode. Yeah, I also wrote in my notes, Martin is cute. <laughs> Martin is cute and right. Well, I think we can decide right and wrong strictly as an aesthetic issue in the context of this sitcom. Uh, Martin and Frazier wind up having this big fight about how Frazier needs to have his space and all this whatever. Frazier's all his prissy nonsense driving the people who love him away because he's a lunatic. One of my favorite insults that Martin delivers is he calls Frazier a... Uh... A hothouse orchid. A hothouse orchid. That's right. He needs just the right conditions <laughs> to thrive or he can't make it. And it's really true. And I mean, maybe this is an indictment of Martin as a father. I mean, the man was on the force for 30 years and the police force for 30 years instead of at home turning his sons into men. Oh, man. I don't know if I agree with that. 
I'm sure some uh, hard handling also turned them into the delicate flowers that they are. That's true. But uh, turn I think, up the heat in the I greenhouse. Think that, I think that Martin really was trying when they arrive in the house, and at one point in time, Fraser's trying to read his book, and Martin's just kind of smiling there, and like at one point in time, he, he just goes like. What are you reading? Like- oh yeah, looks that. Well, I want to talk about what Fraser's reading. It comes up. It comes up in the next scene. So Fraser and Martin have this fight. Fraser storms off. He goes to Cafe Nervosa, where we get we get our dose of Niles this week. I've just got to say, this is this is the second episode of the podcast. We talked about this a little bit. We're introducing a Fraser episode rating scale on a scale. Niles comes in, and this is in the time it comes up earlier in the episode too. Roz calls it. Do you want to go to that cafe you like and get one of those expensive coffee drinks? Because this was before people drank cappuccino. Before This is when, you know, Seattle-type coffee was still Strictly a big deal. Seattle. There's a yeah. lot of coffee stuff in this episode. Uh, so Niles comes in, and he orders his coffee in Italian. He doesn't even go up to the counter. He just bursts in the door of the cafe, and he looks at the barista, and he goes, Caffè latte per piacere. Caffè latte per piacere. We are introducing a rating scale on a scale of 0 to 10. Caffè latte. That is how we will be rating these episodes. And I, what do you, let me hear your thought. How sure, many I mean, caffè lattes? Are we going to finish the episode first? Or are, are we, we going to? We are, but I just want to hear it now. Give it to From me. From 1 to 10? Yeah, 1 to 10 caffè latte. I'm going to say 3. This is a 3 caffè latte. <laughs> I would say 5. I would say 5. Really? I would say 5 caffè latte. Well, because it okay, goes. Okay, I guess, I guess it doesn't insult me. There are some real stinkers in the Fraser Ouv. You've got to remember, this is just worse than the first episode. But there, this is by far not the worst episode of Fraser. Mm, but you know what? I don't mind being offended so much that I'm entertained. I checked the timeline on this episode three times while I was watching it, and it's a 20-minute episode. It's a 22-minute episode. Yeah, well, because it seemed like they just spent so long in every single scene. Because there's no B story, there's no C story, so we're just stuck with this boring thing that Fraser wants to be by himself. Right. Anyway. Frazier is trying to read in the coffee shop. Niles comes in, is, you know, ridiculous in Italian. Mille grazie. And then he sees what Frazier is reading, and because Niles is also a psychiatrist, he knows about it. The book that Frazier is reading is by a guy who is most famous for being part of the MKUltra CIA mind experiments, a guy by the name of Stanislav Grove. And this guy was... In the 60s, he defected from Czechoslovakia to the United States and did all of these CIA-funded LSD mind control experiments. And that's the book that Frazier's reading throughout the course of this episode. Are you I, sure you're just not the same person as Frazier? As Frazier? I, listen, I don't know what to tell you. I guess the guy... Not a morning person. The guy is a big deal in the field of psychiatric medicine, but I know him from my research into the world of conspiracy theories. I was, I was interested and surprised that... He was in there. So I just wanted to share that fun little note. And then, of course, uh, Niles immediately ruins Frazier's reading of it by spoiling the ending of how, how it yeah, works. Yeah, spoiling the ending of, uh, <laughs> you know, psychological literature, whatever. Niles tells him to go reconcile with his father. I mean, this episode is really light on incident, frankly. Uh, Niles tells him to reconcile with his father. And then what happens? Frazier uh, goes home. Yeah, he yeah. goes home. And there's, they reconcile. There's like a, well... I mean, let's they, see. there's a fun bit where they. Well, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. So, uh, they, 
they try to have a normal conversation that they set with an egg timer, which is pretty funny. Because right, Martin's TV program is about to come on. And it's uh, the rules are no sports, no opera. Yeah. Uh, as like a midway zone. But also, um, Frazier mentions a suicide attempt to yeah, Martin. Yeah, this is what I was talking about. we probably shouldn't the gloss episode, over. The episode gets really dark, really zero to 100. Frazier yeah. thinks that he's going to establish imp- intimacy with his father by, you know, I'm going to share something that you probably don't know about me, Dad. Uh, and then Martin says, you didn't jump? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frazier's going through his divorce. He says, and there was a night when I went out on the ledge and I looked down and I didn't know if life was still worth living. And he decides not to jump because of Frederick, right? And he says, you know, and then I thought of Frederick and Martin hits him with, you know, Martin's in suspense on the tail yeah. to his credit. <laughs> and then he says, and you didn't jump? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I and then lo- and then I love, uh, like, Frazier, of course, expects to have that level of intimacy from Martin right after that. And so Martin uh, is trying to share something with Frazier. And he was mm. like, oh, I was looking through photos of your mom. And I, you know, thought I caught some dust in my eye. And then I realized I could flip my eyelid inside out like the kids do at camp, which just infuriates Frazier. And Frazier's infuriated, but then the timer dings, and Martin has to go watch his program, and that's it. That's that. They well, set the well, egg timer. Well, well they have, they a, have a, a moment. Yeah, they have a moment where Martin reveals himself to be objectively correct about everything in the episode. And he spells out to Frazier exactly how unreasonable Frazier is being about expecting them to have this closeness and intimacy right away. You know, that Martin is going to have to live there for a couple of years if they're going to really build their father and son relationship. And Frazier has the epiphany in that moment that he's really been just too fussy to deal with. Yeah. And I think that seeing Martin refuse to let Frazier take, you know, the the low road is really kind of a really shows the character of uh, Martin. Uh, Martin Crane. Well, 30 years on the police force, he's probably talked somebody off a ledge before. You know, yeah, he knows he you gotta <laughs> you gotta change the rules on him. You gotta change up the game on him. But of course, Frazier has this epiphany. He's finally rewarded with a little privacy. The episode ends. He goes down to the storage locker in the basement of the building where some of his fancy furniture has been moved to make room for Daphne and his father. And he gets to read in the basement alone. So that's meant to be our happy note at the end of the episode. <laughs> is Frazier sitting in a chain link steel cage in the basement of his fancy condo building, reading the LSD mind control book by himself. I mean. Oh, baby. Haven't we all been doing that? <laughs> haven't, haven't we all been doing that? I know, I know. Maybe I'm too, I'm being too hard on Frazier because I identify with him so much. Well, and I mean, I've definitely felt that, that, uh, when I lived with my parents, that hiss of like, please, please leave me alone. So <laughs> I oh, understand the sentiment. Of course. But could you imagine even if what we find out in this episode is that Frazier feels like he could afford for Martin to just have his own separate apartment and not live with him. So I, Frazier's really in a hell of his own making. I feel like it, it's very vague on the show how much money Frazier makes as a radio psychiatrist. You see he has this incredible condo. He drives a BMW in later episodes. You see his Beamer. He's season tickets to many. He has season tickets to the opera, season tickets to the ballet, which I don't know if Seattle has a ballet. but Symphony. Yeah, whatever. All of it. Um, so I don't know how much money Frazier makes. I think he has a lot of money. But like, do you think Frazier makes $800,000 a year I don't. in 1990s money? I don't know. Do you think maybe Frazier makes even just half a million dollars a year in 1990s money. 
I mean, we, we never, they never put a dollar figure on it. In a TV show, it's very rare for them to tell you because the amount will sound dated, too. I also wonder if there's money that's coming from his mother's side of the family. Because look at how Niles lives, which is insane. But Niles lives with his extremely wealthy wife. Yeah. I don't think it's ever mentioned whether the mother had a job or not. Yeah, she's a scientist. Oh, she was a scientist. Well, then who knows? Yeah. Because, I mean, if she also has this highfalutin lifestyle... I don't know. I don't know either. But anyway, let's move on with the program here. We'll find out how much money Fraser makes someday. But let's move into the advice portion of the program. We've got a call coming in. All right. Let's take the call. Let's take the call. Alice on line one. All right. We have Alice on line one who's coming to us with a problem about pets. Wow. Alice, welcome to We're Not Listening, the Fraser Recap Podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Hi, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so basically, I just really want to get a cat. Um, I haven't had a cat for a long time, and my partner who I live with is not too keen on the idea. Um, is so he I feel allergic? like I've... No, he's not allergic at all. He's just, uh, I don't know, I think he is just a bit. Is he, he pussyfooting like like around? He... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's just a bit worried about the level of responsibility. But you're both um, like literally at home all day long, right? Yeah. Also, well, yeah, that's my that's my <laughs> argument. A cat's a pretty low-key pet. A cat is the least know? responsible pet that you need. I mean, a cat can just yeah. live on its own in the wild if you forget to take care of it. Yeah, in my yeah. experience. I, like um I understand his concerns about like it destroying things that we love because cats love to do that. Um, we do have a lot of ceramics around the house, but I feel like, you know, it's something that we could, you know, just pack some things away and, you know, not leave anything too precious out. Um, and, you know, the, the benefits would outweigh the cons. Right. And have you told him that you're going to be calling into a podcast advice program? And has he agreed <laughs> no. to abide by our decision? Um, I didn't tell him about it because I wasn't sure how he would feel about us airing our dirty laundry. Oh, my wow. goodness. Um, this is going to be a shock. Well, good thing we used a pseudonym, Alice, and that Alice yeah. isn't your real name. <laughs> well, I mean, I have had many pets over the years, and I've been, you know, responsible and not responsible for these living creatures many times. But it, I mean, I remember growing up, my dad would leave town a lot for, um, uh, cause he does, you know, special effects stuff. So he would be on location and leave me and my mom alone quite a bit. And every time he would leave, my mom inevitably would buy me whatever pet that I wanted in that moment. And one time she bought me a albino, uh, I forgot what it was called, like a like a big pot-bellied uh, toad. She bought you an albino pot-bellied toad yes. on a whim? And how long did it live? Well, so the toad needed a heating pad because it needs to have because a tropical, from the desert. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. conditions. And neither one of us was really prepared for this level of responsibility. Oh, my God. You killed the toad? Well, she put the heating pad on too high. and She, she cooked it? cooked it. She cooked <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, like, I mean, that was a bad pet selection. Now, during the pandemic, I bought myself leeches. And all they need is water and my blood. And they're very low-key animals to have. 
Right. So I guess our advice to you, Alice, is to get a cat, but then cook it to death on a heating pad. And, <laughs> and cover, then just get yeah, leeches instead. Cover your body in leeches. Thanks for calling <laughs> in you, to Alice. We're Not Listening. Thank you for being our first, <laughs> first e- guest. Our first advice recipient here on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's well, very, uh, very helpful. We're always, We, we live you know. to serve. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling, Thanks, Alice. Alice. Thank you very much. Bye. Well, I didn't want to talk to Alice about this, but the toad situation was way worse than just that. So maybe, you know, trigger warning. How much worse could the toad situation have been than the toad being cooked to death on the heating pad? Okay, so the it's a wide mouth albino frog, um, and it oh, needed to eat things. Right. And so... Like all living things do. But it needed to eat live things. Okay. So before my mom knew that she had cooked the frog to death, we went to Petco to pick up pinkies. Do you know what a pinky is? Is it some kind of uh, like a mealworm? No, it's a small, tiny rat baby. It was a toad that ate rats? Yes. It was a rat-eating toad? This Are you kidding me? This is what we did me? in North Carolina when I lived there for a bit. We just got horrifying creatures. Oh, my God. And it's... so we bought this tiny rat and then turned around, opened the cage, found the dead toad. And then we had the situation where we had to try to keep the rat that was initially bait alive which we couldn't do with the dropper and situation. It was bad. Uh huh. And so then I just had two dead pets instead of one living pet. So what you're saying here on this podcast, which is available to people everywhere on earth for all time, that you killed a toad and a rat through pure negligence? Not, I mean, I was merely seven you were, years old. You were a minor child. You were not culpable in this. But no. anyway, let's not point fingers here. Let's not... <laughs> Let's not get into... To, I had no. I had a guinea pig that lived much longer after this, so I learned something through it. I'd like to say as a disclaimer that I am a cat lover. I know we gave Alice maybe some somewhat facetious advice, but I am a, a friend to all felines, so don't go writing angry letters to the program, please. Yeah, and I try not to kill animals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this has been... We're, We're not, not listening. listening, a Frasier recap podcast. Uh, just to s- go back over all the things that we introduced in this recap of, frankly, a very boring episode of Frasier. Yeah, really. I, I, we're really pulling teeth right now. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's we're not a great the, episode. We're, we're, you know, Are you th- sticking to your how many? To years? my cafe latte rating score of five cafes latte? Yes, I am. I think that, honestly, we're going to, you know, this show is on for something like 11 seasons, something like that. There's going to be lower depths than this. Uh, we could, you know, we should be keeping track of what all the worst episodes of Frasier are as we see them, in addition to all the best episodes of Frasier. Because, of course, the point of this podcast is to recap every single episode of Frasier. And we won't stop until it's done. I'm going to say I'm changing mine to 3.5 because I'm. In, my grandfather used to say the worst thing you can be in life is boring. And I would rather be horrified than to be this bored. Mm, interesting. Well, isn't there, there's an episode, this is actually one of the better episodes, but where they have to move a dead seal into Maris's beach house or out of Maris's beach house. The Fraser brothers have to get a dead seal in a rowboat and they put the dead seal in Maris's wedding dress. Or some, there's some really horrible stuff that, that happens <laughs> later on in the series, but that's actually in the better episode. Yeah, so I guess you're right. This is an animal-friendly that podcast, the, the horror. <laughs> 
Yes, no animals were harmed in the course of actually taping this podcast. They were only harmed, you know, in North Carolina years ago. In the 90s. Yeah, that's, you know, statute of limitations. Um, so maybe we should uh, ask the audience a question if they for the next episode. Lay it on them, Molly. I don't have one. I don't have one either. <laughs> but you can contact us um, with your, you know, issues uh, by emailing we're not listening podcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. We're not listening podcast at gmail.com. Send us your problems. Arrange to come on the show and have us, you know, share our special brand of wisdom with you, just like Fraser helps the people of Seattle in the 1990s. And hot tip, it'll look like we're not listening. Like we're not listening. W-E-R-E. Oh, we're not listening. Yeah, so there's no apostrophe for the email got it yeah it's important it's important that you email us tell us your problems and if your problems are good enough you'll be allowed to come on the show and share them with our podcast listeners and if you email us and you don't hear back from us it's just because we don't care right and also um you can either do a voice recording and just tell us a little snippet or if you have you know an open schedule we might be able to record you live to like pencil you in at Gallus there Great stuff. Well, this has been We're Not, Not Listening, Listening, a Frasier Recap podcast. With Molly Shea. And me, Nick Francomano. Until next time, folks. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. We still don't have a we sign off. We still don't have a sign off, and that doesn't really matter. It's time for Bulldog Briscoe's Gonzo Sports Hour. <laughs> Here we go. I never miss an episode. Yeah, right. <laughs>